Dude, I never touched Christianity my whole life. I always thought it was a joke. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Wow, you guys. Today's episode, man, it's it's just so exciting. It actually just started up my first love for Jesus, just hearing the dynamic testimony of this 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 guy uh kevin it, it, i hope it does the same for you like it did for me just his passion and his love for jesus christ and the father and his his introduction to the father and how the father's love has changed him and and what he came from and what, what he is now and how it's affected his family it was just amazing and so i really hope that you guys today enjoyed this episode as much as we did making it here we go Hey, 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 everybody. Today on the podcast, I have with me Lindsay, my wonderful co-host. Hey, everybody. And a new friend that I've made on social media that has a dynamic testimony that I just <laughs> like, I just want to share and get it out there and, and just let everybody hear this uh, amazing story. And so what you we think? were thinking about doing, Kevin, <laughs> yeah, 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 I do, actually. Uh so what we want to do, Kevin, if it's all right with you, is we're just going to we're going to give the floor to you and let you start sharing. And then if you will, if you'll be cognizant of us, if, if yeah. we want to jump yeah, in yeah, and please. ask, ask yeah. a question. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. It's your while show, bro. While you're talking. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, well, just go ahead and start off. Give us, tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, your family, and, and all that kind of stuff, and then just dive in, bro. Sure. Uh, I'm a, uh, so my name's Kevin. I live in Las Vegas. I, uh, I'm an animator, medical illustrator, and a day trader. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So, and, and it's funny because I've been an entrepreneur, but I've also been like spiritual seeker my whole life. You know, so I've been down many different roads trying to find answers. You know, I'm a truth seeker, you could say. Um, and uh, so a lot of those pathways were really dark. When I was a teenager, I was into the Anton LaVey Satanism stuff. And uh, that's, that's a crock. That's a, that's a, that's a bunch of, <laughs> there's nothing to it, man. It's just an angry guy who wrote the satanic Bible and it's just like, if it feels good, do it. And is and tries to use logic to justify everything. And, you know, angry teenagers are attracted to that, you know, rebellious kids. Uh, yep. I was, I was, I was really <laughs> into that. I was really, I loved Marilyn Manson, even met him. I idolized Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor, my two biggest, you know, sources of music. I wanted to be Trent yeah. Reznor so bad as a kid. I just loved them, man. And I love the music. And when I was at that age, I just, uh, I was the, I was becoming the black sheep of the family, you know? So I always felt really, uh, like an outcast and judged harshly. 
my parents never wanted to talk to me about what I was thinking or feeling. They just kind of judged me. And um, I had an older brother too, and he was always kind of uh, ragging on me or or uh, making fun of me or trying to get me in trouble and stuff. So I just I was like, I'm out of here, you know. Like I didn't feel like I really got the connection I needed as a kid, and so I found it in Satanism, you know, like. Because that's where those kids go. They go to that kind of stuff. Well, well, let me ask you this. Did you, do you consider yourself a dabbler in it like a lot of kids were? Or did you go deeper? Well, I read every book he that? ever wrote. And I, I did practice black magic. Oh, wow. Um, rituals. Yeah, you, you're yeah, not a dabbler. I was, I was putting curses <laughs> on people and stuff. And uh, seeing results of it, too, believe it or not. Um. And, you know, it's, I, I don't, we don't need to go too long on this because I, I, I mean, I grew out of it. I, I ended up, you know, walking away from it. Right. Um, but uh, it's funny because the thing that I, I, I see with Satanism is the argument is, you know, we don't really believe in the devil. But then you're in, standing in a pentagram calling forth Beelzebub and <laughs> Leviathan and pointing in all these directions with this, you know, like, it's like, clearly you do uh, believe in that. So there's this yeah. weird, like. Uh, cognitive dissonance with Satanism where you're trying to use, you know, like this logic, like there's no real devil and it's the great accuser or whatever they, they call him. I can't remember. Or Kevin, don't they often just kind of turn him yeah, into the hero? Yeah, sometimes? and you know, the, the, uh, uh, the devil or Lucifer was in their mind, the, especially the Luciferians and those, that side of things, the people who actually worship, you know, Lucifer, they see him as the one who was uh, trying to help humanity, like waking them up. Like Prometheus. Right? Yeah. Brought fire to... I, I'm not sure what's Prometheus. Oh, you mean the movie Prometheus? Well, no. Prometheus is uh, actually based on a Greek god who, who, despite Zeus's whatever, he was, he... was it Zeus or was he a titan, Lindsay? Anyway, he brought fire. He brought fire to man, and that's the whole Nephilim rabbit hole we won't go down today in this episode, but... Well, Nephilim's Nephilim's Bible, right? That's not yeah. Greek, is it? Yeah, but uh, yeah. Wow, this is this is. I don't want to get us off topic or anything, but the, I love this Nephilim stuff, I, dude. I, I, that, well, that whole that well, whole object, Book of Enoch, and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just yeah. now getting into that. Yeah, I've got but, I've got but, the, I've got the best book for you to start out on. It's really good, but it's basic. It's actually called Gi- Giants by a guy named Doug Van Dorn, who we have on our show. Doug Van Dorn just breaks it down because he's a preacher. He's actually a pastor of a Reformed Baptist church in Colorado, but he is definitely into a lot of the what we call the divine council worldview and all that kind of stuff. But here's the basic thing when I oh, mean man. by that, by Prometheus. How much time do we got, brother? I don't know. Because <laughs> you just said so much stuff that I would love to get into, but may not be exciting for your listeners. I don't know. No, yeah, it the is. divine ex- council yeah, it, is, it is odd. It is exciting to our listeners. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and and I I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this, is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. 
See, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group. Things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind. Not to mention, there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel. So make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community. I just can't stress the fact that, you know, we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there Let's keep going with your testimony. So, yeah, let's. So, yeah, then I was into, um, God, I was even into Celtic stuff. I was into tarot cards and Aleister Crowley a little bit, but I was really hitting the tarot cards hard uh, at uh, maybe when I was like around 20 to 25. My grandmother was actually a channeler and mm-hmm. like, like she would channel a voice, right? And she would draw, like write down and she, what it's saying and it would tell you she could tell you all about who your spiritual guide and she also said your gatekeeper apparently there's a gatekeeper too i don't know yeah and um so so they were into um church of religious science and then we're talking about all kinds of stuff like the the return of jerusalem is a city of light and she wrote a whole book about it and uh theosophy type stuff right from it's pretty uh, pretty weird she she would talk to aliens like she I would check in with her every once in a while and she'd be like, yeah, I'm just talking to aliens. And, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting or weird, which now I think is total, total deceit, like deception. Yeah. I yeah. think it's utter, utter deception. Um, you know, and th- then you start getting into that new age stuff and Jesus was, uh, you know, a meditator and he's got Eastern religion mixed in with him. I don't know if you've heard the twisted versions of Jesus where he's like, uh, the the Galactic Federation member. There's like a bunch yep. of aliens, and Jesus yep. is one of them. One of those, you know, guys in that crew. And then I was also a member of Self Realization Fellowship when I lived in California, which is uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. So that was a yeah. whole open your third eye thing with Kriya Yoga, and uh, Jesus was one of many what they called avatars. So you walk in there and there's like a picture of Yogananda, the guy who started the, the place. He's from India, you know, and then there's a picture of Jesus and then some guy I think that Yogananda made up. He said he was an avatar and he wrote about it, but nobody ever knows about him or can find proof he even existed. Is it that, is that the May- Mayatri uh, guy? What was that? Lindsay, what's that guy's name? It started with an M. A, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Maitreya. That's the way I've always said it. I mean, yeah, Maitreya. Did are you guys familiar with self realization? Uh, we're familiar with a, a lot, bro. So I mean, this is our podcast. We right. I mean, we dive into this and to basically to let the world know to red pill the world. But what we're trying to do is we're trying not to do it with jargon and stuff. We're trying to right. make it simple where the well, average I don't know Christian the can understand. Yeah, yeah. So I've only been Christian for two months. You know. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll get, I mean, so there's not a whole lot else to really get into, uh, before I talk about 
you know, getting saved, uh, other than I was dealing with demonic entities, I guess that's kind of important. Uh, yeah. So I got out of self-realization fellowship and then, um, I, I found, I eventually found Buddhism and that was really the thing that got me. I, uh, specifically, t um, Theravada Buddhism. Um, mm -hmm. I was really deep into Vipassana and, and I still even like my, my, there's something really precious about Buddhism that, that taught me, um, empathy and compassion. And, um, you know, my heart was really hard. And I, so, so that was a, a, a great journey for probably four or five years. And I almost became a monk. I almost joined a monastery as a Thai forest monastery. And I was doing, uh, the Goenka retreat, uh, which is the body scan Vipassana technique. Um, so let me tell you this. So while I was doing that, I was seeing demons, uh, at the retreat, uh, and they would show up in my room <laughs> at night. And, uh, I've had this thing where I would try to fall asleep and then I can't sleep because I would see demonic entities and it, and they would, I, I couldn't stay asleep at night and it was really bad. Um, kind of the opposite of sleep paralysis, sort of. I, I, yeah, every time. So it's called. There's a thing called hypnagogic hallucinations, where you're in that state in between falling asleep and being awake, like when you're drifting off. Yeah. And I would yeah. drift off and see like horrific demons. Uh, and it they really started at the Vipassana Institute. Um, and I was like, what is going on? And I I was just trained to kind of like ignore everything. You kind of surrender to everything and ignore it. And like, it's all a distraction, right? Because you're trying to get to the ultimate yeah. truth of who you are with Vipassana and penetrate through whatever you think is happening and get to the, the reality of it. So I'm seeing all these demons right? and I'm just like, whatever, demons, cool. You know, just trying to like not make anything out of it. And maybe I just have really good uh, samadhi, which is like focused mind. And those kinds of entities are revealing themselves. Even the guy, the Vipassana thing with like, yeah, just ignore him. That's what happens some, to some people as they start seeing angels and stuff. And it's like, these are not angels. Did y'all <laughs> right? do a lot of visualization and things like that? Wow. No, no. Because visualization is, is mm. the opposite of what we are trying to achieve in Vipassana. Because you get, you get lost in your head and then you're now, instead of being in touch with the reality, you're being in touch with your image of what reality is, which is not actual reality, right? So what you think something is, isn't actually the truth, right? Because it's your thought about what it is, is, is overlaid with memories of things and labels and, and uh, interpretations. And, you know, so, so you're trying to get to the, re the reality of things. And Vipassana and Buddhism teaches that suffering is is uh the result of not being in touch with the ultimate truth of reality basically well let me ask you a question kevin and this is kind of where we sit on the show and you know and we vacillate with this it's a really hard road to to walk like you said earlier that that part of your buddhist experience wasn't all bad right like it was almost like there was some wisdom that was in there but yet Absolutely. the enemy had taken it like the enemy had taken it and counterfeited it and, and, you know, and, well, there's no, um, there's, there's no Jesus in Buddhism, right? There's no, yeah, right. It's all, right. it's all you can, uh, uh, accomplish your own basically salvation 
but they would call it karma. Uh, the karma, the karma is the parts of you that are your bad habits and addictions and things you cling to identity. That's what gets reborn. There's so, and there's not actually a soul. The, that's an illusion. The, the, uh, we're kind of like a flip book to Buddhists. Like if you took a, a memo pad and drew on each picker, picture and then you flipped it, you know, like when you're a kid at school, there's the illusion that the, the animation is, is happening, but mm. each page is a new moment. And there's actually nothing connecting those two except for your memories and the illusion of what you think is happening. So you're not actually in the present moment. You're not connected to the truth. You're, you're carrying around the illusion of who you are which is a mental creation, right? So freedom in Buddhism is becoming awake to that and becoming awake to the fact that everything is temporary and uh, all of that. But there's no, there's no God, there's no devil. There's no, they're not even interested in that. They're really not. Like even, if you asked a real Buddhist, they're just like, I don't care. I'm, I'm interested in, in ending suffering. You know, that's what Buddha said. Um, so... There's no soul. There's uh, just you're going to get reborn again, and you need to um, fix that through doing good deeds and increasing your merit, uh, which is part of it. So you do feel like you're in control and responsible for your actions, and you gain compassion for all living creatures, and it's very heart opening and you know emotional. And then you learn emotions are bad, and all this. Thing. So there's all these layers to it. But there's no soul, there's no God, there's no devil, there's no war between the two, there's no, you're just a, a passive, you become very passive, you know, because you're, tr you're literally training yourself not to react to anything at all, including the pain in your body. So at these retreats, you're meditating 14 hours a day and not moving your body, right? And you get pains in your legs and your muscles and all of this stuff, and you're observing the pain. And you're realizing that the pain isn't what you thought it was. So you become like detached completely to everything, right? So part of what, what I'm seeing now is that I was making yes. myself available to everything, you know, like to dark energies, dark entities, demons. They're just like, oh, let's just chill in this guy because he's not going right. to fight, right? And they can kind of steer me, right? Um. So that took me to ayahuasca. And I went to Costa Rica. I did ayahuasca four nights in a row. And that was quite the journey. And at the time, it seemed very, it was pretty chill. It was pretty peaceful. Uh, other people were like going through the Holocaust and stuff. Like other people were having horrific experiences. And uh, I was like, I just want to see something to let me know that there's more to right. reality than this, right? And um, I had this experience where I went through a portal after I met these. So there's a, a bunch of shadow figures that, um, that I call them the gatekeepers. All right. So I don't know what they were, but this is what resonated with me. And they're all in a row and I'm tripping out on ayahuasca. And I just said to them, I don't know who you are, but I'm in. I, I, like, I literally surrender to whatever this is. I just want in and I want to know more. Right. So they part and a plant that also, I don't, I hope I can say this, a plant vagina. Okay. Came out of nowhere. This was on when the women shaman were working on us, by the way. 
So it was like this giant flower opened up and it sucked me through a portal. And then I was lifted off the ground by the um, mother ayahuasca, I guess, the god of ayahuasca. And it was this big god covered in vines and she picked me up and she, I felt that she was honoring me and it was all very peaceful and nice and powerful experience. And, and I was like, cool, that was fun, you know? And then I, that night I went to bed and I woke up and I saw these shadow beings in my room and they were like doing something to me. And, and I don't know what. And so the thing about this retreat center that I went to is there's all these stories about people getting healed and aliens coming in and, and, and angels and other beings coming in and like doing spiritual surgery on people or like curing them right. of cancer and stuff. Right. And I'm just like, ah, oh, they must be making me healthier. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's whatever. Like, I guess these, these creatures are good. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Right. <laughs> And uh, I had some, I had some other experiences at that, at that retreat also, where I was doing holotropic breathing and I felt something reach into my stomach while another being, I guess, was holding my head down. So I'm laying on the ground, it's holding my head. Like I felt hands on my head and then I felt something come out of my stomach and I coughed it up and I was like, I must've coughed up something really bad. So that retreat ends. I, we go back home and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with all the spiritual stuff for a while. I think I, I had my fill. And I stopped practicing meditation and Vipassana and everything. And um, I, we moved into this home that unfortunately was full of mold. And it got me really sick. And when I was living in that house, I had the most horrific demonic experiences that I couldn't. I, I, I mean, they were awful. I was hearing voices. My mother had just died and I was hearing her screaming my name in the other room. I was seeing them walking around my house. I was seeing like demonic hands reaching out for me when I was falling asleep. Uh, I was tortured all night. I wasn't able to sleep and I, I was so sick that I couldn't stand up anymore. So I had vertigo and I was taken by ambulance to the hospital. I was in the hospital probably 10 to 15 times. Um, and they could never figure out what was wrong with me. Um, I was a bodybuilder. I lost all my muscle. I was just, I was un unable to function anymore. And my, my boy was just born. I wasn't able to like get out of bed half the time, man. It was, it was really hard. And I was hearing voices like telling me to kill people and stuff, kill myself. And, uh, it was like, I, and I was very aware that they weren't my thoughts. Right. Right. I, I mean, I was so obviously like, these are intrusive thoughts. They're coming from somewhere. It was like, like, I was picturing like there's a guy outside with like a machine that he's beaming it into my head or something. Like there's no way this was my thoughts. And it was just out of control and horrific. And it was tra traumatic, you know, and my wife was going through a lot trying to deal with well, this. Let me ask and, you a question, Kevin. What would you say, to, what would you say yeah. to a Christian who came at you and said, demons can't speak into your head. You can't hear demons. What would you say about that? Well, I would say I'm pretty sure that's what I experienced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can only yeah. share, share yeah. what I know, you know, and, and at the time I thought I'm just sick and I, my brain is just kind of seeing yeah. stuff yeah. maybe because I, I didn't really know what to make of this. And I, I, I kind of thought it was like, how am I, 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 dude, I never touched Christianity my whole life. I always thought it was right. a joke. I really did. Cause I was surrounded by people who were hating on it and 
you know, liberal media and public schools. There's just like this hatred for Christianity. But I never understood anything about it other than um, the anger towards Christianity and what's in my music. You know, Nine Inch Nails has, has a song where he's screaming, God is dead, right? right? And, yeah. and I'm just kind of like, God sucks, I guess. I don't know. And I, well, you know, as, as a teenager. Well, then. I mean, I have, to, I have to say this too. The church hasn't done a very good job of, uh, you know, proving that different in a lot of ways. I'm sure. not knocking the body sure. of Christ. I'm knocking the institutions and the, and the, the system, you know? Yeah, well, I never... I, I never really even been to a church. I mean, I remember defiling one when my when I was a teenager, unfortunately, yeah. because uh, I was just this dude. Dude, I ripped up the Bible and stuff. I was listening to Marilyn Manson, and I just I was I was cutting myself too as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I was doing all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I was ten years old, by the way, or ten or eleven, I tried to sell my soul because I was um, I was in a, when I was in elementary school, so I was pretty young. There was a book in our in our bookstore, in the kids' bookstore in elementary school that teaches you how to sell your soul to the devil. Oh, wow. So that you can become a werewolf. And um, as a kid, you know, who's like grounded all the time and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to feel empowered, right? Right. And, and just the idea of that was so cool. And I remember trying and, I, and of course, Satan never showed up. <laughs> At least I don't think he did. <laughs> you know, he didn't show up like as a dude in the room, which is what it said would happen in the book. And I'm a little kid and I'm reading this going, where is he? But I definitely um, think that I opened myself up to a whole host of stuff. Right. So even when I was a kid, I had a demonic experience, you know? So, and just, and I try to tell people about it and they're like, oh, it's just, you're dreaming or whatever. So, yeah. Anyways. Let's get back to where I was. Um, Let me ask you a question. No, stop one second. It, yeah, I, I, I yeah. was listening to another testimony on another podcast that I really like, and the woman was talking about that she believes that these entities that we're all talking about seem to target people who are what we would call biblically a seer or see in the spiritual world. Have you always had the proclivity to be able to like have spiritual intuition and and see in the spirit world or have an active and imagination I, what, or whatever. Well, when you say see, see in the spirit world, I'm not sure what you're saying, but like, I mean, when I was 14, I was doing tarot, you know, up until I was 24. Right. I was sitting in pentagrams and stuff everywhere. Remember, I used to hang out with all these kids who were, you know, bad kids, criminals and stuff. Yeah. And they'd be graffitiing walls, like their logos and stuff. And I'd pull out a can of paint and I'd paint Baphomet symbols all over the walls. And they all thought it was cool, you know, because we're angry kids or whatever. But yeah, I've always been drawn to 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 supernatural and what's the ultimate truth. And yeah, yeah. Most people I know don't care about that. Yeah. They just want to listen to, you know, whatever music is hot on the radio and trending. And just there was I always felt disconnected from everyone else. I don't I don't get why people like that kind of stuff, you know, the trendy stuff. Yeah. That's how I felt in school anyways. I always felt like an alien, you know. I want to I want to yeah. get to the good stuff yeah. while yeah. we got yeah. while we got time. Yeah, let's go. Um So, where was I? Uh You help me help me remember you, where you just got, I left off. We just off. got out of ayahuasca. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was really sick and seeing it. So, I also developed a stomach infection. This is important too. I developed a stomach infection and it was it's called SIBO, but it's really bad. And the, the last, so it's like the last seven months before I got saved, 
I was seeing the demons again. Like for a while, they kind of went away and then they came back and like everything started happening again. And I had moved to Vegas. Uh, so we've been living here for three years and uh, I was unable to sleep again. And I was seeing these sh shadows, shadow figures. They look like three dimensional shadows, you know, walking around my house. And I had been listening to also, I've been listening to um, what's going on in the world with like the elite, you know, working with demonic entities. There was a, there's a whistleblower named Ronald Bernard who talked about, he was an Illuminati elite banker. And he talked about how the elite are sacrificing children and they're all for these fifth dimensional beings, he called them. And he said, they suck the energy off of people, the negative energy they feed off of it. And I'm also learning about Moloch and, you know, WikiLeaks is talking about Hillary Clinton's emails and like all this stuff is starting to make sense to me. Like if they believe in this stuff and there are leaders, you know what I'm saying? Like there's got to be something to it. Yeah. And I'm seeing these things and I'm like, are these, these are the, these are the demons that these, they got to be the same. Like it's, it's connecting for me. Well, like, you know, something people don't realize, Kevin, is in the Bible, it doesn't say that all this stuff isn't real. It forbids us from it. And if it forbids us from it, that means it's got to be real, right? Right. Yeah, that's uh, the thing is that what I'm understanding is that Satan uh, tried to corrupt us. And, uh, you know, they hate us, right? Because yep. God made us, right? I just saw Nefarious, by the way. Great movie. I want to go see it. Uh, I really. Yeah, it's good. It's good. My wife had to leave the theater, though. She had a panic attack. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's heavy, you know, for what it is, especially for us now. And I've been super sensitive since I've been saved, which is crazy. So, so, I, so I had enough, man. Like, everything was making sense. You know, the more evil in the world that was happening and what's happening now that we're seeing with, like, the transgender agenda and the, the critical race theory and all the whacked leftist stuff is like it's it's driving me to the end of my rope you know and i i've just been feeling like really depressed and like i just don't want to be part of this world anymore is what i was feeling and i was also like i don't want to live the way i've been living i was addicted to nicotine again and uh i my i just i couldn't get out of bed in the mornings and I was also a sex addict. I, I needed it all the freaking time. Mm. And, uh, and it, that was taking my marriage in another direction I don't want it to go in. Yeah. And, and so, like, I finally had enough and I did the whole repent on my knees thing. And I was like, God, if you can get me through this, I had the stomach infection. I'm not happy with my life, the sex I've been having and everything, the addictions and feeling like my, I have a heart of stone. You know, I said, like, if you can get me through this, I will, I will serve the God of the Bible. I said, because I was feeling like, okay, so what I'm seeing in the world is, is in the Bible. Like, I was like getting that the Bible has been calling all of this stuff out in prophecy and and I was like, oh, if, if the Bible's right about this, it's got to be, I got to give it a shot. Like the other, the other stuff has got to be right too. Like how, like my, cause my brain was always like, come on, Jesus is a guy who rose from the dead and then we're all saved. I thought he was something that people just kind of made up. 
mm-hmm. and imagined. And I didn't know people actual had, actually had transformations and experiences with Christ. I, mm. I just thought like, oh, they just believe in something they made up in their head. And then they're all controlled by it. Mm. Like Christianity was like a way to control dumb people. Well, believe it or not, in some portions of the church, that is conveyed. And in some portions of the church, they don't have supernatural experiences. They don't even believe in it. And I'd stay far away from that, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. and then there's Catholicism, which is kind of what I see that as, in a way, you know, the yeah. the idea of putting man between you and God, and I, it's full of idolatry right. and all of that. Mm. And, and uh, so, like, that could be an example of, like, using religion to control people. But I didn't know that, that, that Jesus is real. I, I didn't. I never did. I thought that that was all tied together. It's the same thing. And so I was very clear about when I was repenting and asking for help, who I would serve. I didn't say God, the universe, you know, or God's source energy, which is what everyone <laughs> says right now. Everyone's, God's a force. It's so easy <laughs> to say God in the universe, especially, in source energy, but nobody can say Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah, and God is a pronoun. A lot of people don't realize that God is a pronoun. Yahweh is his name, you know, and, and Yeshua, yeah. Jesus, that's, that's his right. name. That's no? right. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I was into the law of attraction, and I was into the secret and all of that stuff, too, you know? Yeah. I have, yeah. I have a big history of working with people in the self-help industry, too. Self-help industry, transformational speakers. I don't want to name anybody or how I'm related to them because I've stepped so far away from it and I just don't want to like, I'm past it and I don't want to, you know, call any names out or anything um, with the people that I've worked with. But some of those people, man, they've gone to jail because they're narcissists. You know, like I can say James Ray is an example. He was in The Secret. He was a guy that had a, a retreat where everyone was in sweat lodges and then they started dying. Yeah. And then he never took responsibility for it. And he had a whole documentary made on himself <laughs> on Netflix. And if you see that movie, you'll start to feel compassion for him until you realize he never says sorry. He never takes responsibility. So there's all these transformational speakers on YouTube and on stage. And they're, they're, they can say universe, they can say source, but they can't say Christ. Right, because that's yeah, a I line mean, that nobody wants to cross. You're giving God a human face there, and yeah, yeah, and I believe the enemy is trying to prevent that from happening. So they can drag you into the into the new age path, where aliens and angels and universe energy, source energy, and all of that. But there's you're leaving Jesus out of the whole thing. Yeah, interesting story, Kevin. My wife prayed for. Tony Robbins' salvation and healing through a, through a message she sent him. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I do. I, do, I got I to say, I do like Tony. I, well, we, Tony we, is, we do, Tony's, too. We do, too. Tony's done nothing but good, for, for in my opinion. I, I love him. He's, he's really That's good. That's how Sadie learned to do all the online stuff we're doing. But, yeah, yeah. But she right just on. felt like, you know, Jesus is the one that's going to heal him, not the universe. And so yeah. she prayed healing in Jesus' name, and she sent yeah. it to him. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was proud of my wife. Cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's friends with Rex Crane. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was at the event I went to actually. So, but anyway, so I was so let me get back to this. Yeah. 
<laughs> I said Jesus. I said, I said, you know, the God of Abraham. And I was like, I don't even know who Abraham is. Right. So, so I'm just like, look, if, if you can help me through this, I will, I will give you my life. Like I will let you, because there was enough evidence going on to convince me that there's something to this. Right. Right. And so I had an experience of deliverance. I had an experience of, uh, I guess, sanctification. Like I'm still learning these terms. Yeah. But what I felt was what I learned after also. So everything I experienced, I learned after and through during. Because it was like two months where I was like high on God. Mm. I was just like mm -hmm. full of the Holy Spirit. And I was like two inches off the ground. And everywhere I went, I was just like grinning. <laughs> full of love and and i felt so i felt forgiveness like happen to me is an is an experiential thing where i didn't feel like i was burdened anymore so all the things that i've been carrying even if you don't aren't conscious of carrying them they they were gone like so i felt like i lost 100 pounds hmm. like like i felt light like i was free of the things that have been you know, dragging me down every day. And I felt uh, what I'm calling the Father's love enter me, right? And I knew it was fatherly. I knew there was a fatherly signature to it. And, it, it. and I felt like I was part of a family, and I felt forgiven, and I immediately was able to forgive other people who have hurt me in my life, too. So I wrote somebody very close to me who's really hurt me throughout my life, a forgiveness letter. Um, and I said, look, I'm not, I'm not saying let's hang out, but I just want you to know I understand what, what you did and why you did it because you were hurting as a kid and, you know, and uh, I forgive you for it, man. And I quit nicotine that day, um, stopped all self-gratification since. Yeah. My, sex, my sexual desires have all become like clean like purified like i don't like it's just like christian missionary is good for me you know like i don't want to do anything else like i'm not it's crazy man because i was just like i said like i said i was a sex addict you know it sounds like you've had like a baptism of fire that's what it sounds like to me you know i've heard of people it, talking it, about that old school pentecostals have a baptism of fire and, it, and that's what it sounds like like the fire just cleansed you Dude, I was definitely cleansed. And I don't even know what Pentecostal is, right? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. I, so I had to learn these terms. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was until it was in me. And when I read John 14 through 17, which I read like 10 times, dude, and it was talking about his sending the comforter, the great, you know, the great comforter. And dude, I was bawling my eyes out because this was like so deep. And I felt the Spirit was with me. And it was like, talking to me and comforting me like it's had god had his arms around me i say it but is and it's i'm like it's like a he because i also could tell that he had feelings yeah so so i so like within a week i went to emerge men conference which is put on by awakened church in san diego so i've been saved a week and i'm now like jesus is my lord and i'm still getting used to saying that <laughs> I go to Emerge Men Conference, and it's a three-day, uh, 4,000 men, 3,500 men who have been Christian a lot longer than me, and we're all camping, and it's like concert wow. with, with elevation worship type music, 
and it's got Rex Crane and all these powerful speakers. And we're all in this tent and everyone's praying Jesus. And, and it, the first night I was like, man, this is so crazy. And I, and I've also had this total block with worship music. Like it's really been something that I could never get past. Cause I've always been like, I can only listen to nine inch nails and that's it. You know, like this is my thing. I can't handle anything else. It's wussy or it doesn't align with me or whatever. This worship music cut me open so deeply. So it started with me standing there like on oh, this is crazy. Right. And then just like fast forward to second night and I'm like, my arms are in the air and I'm like, Jesus, you know what I mean? Like yep. just weeping and crying. And then I'm like doing competitive sports with these other guys and they're all putting their hands on me and praying for me. And I, this is so foreign to me. I've never had a male in my life try to lift me up with words or anything. Wow. You know, like the idea of brotherhood was just so foreign to me, you know, cause I've, I've been the lone wolf my whole life and I got wolves tattooed on me because of it. You know, like I'm just, I'm the alone dude in the world and I don't, I just got to figure out everything out by myself. And so I'm like at this event and we're carrying our burdens around. We write our burdens on this piece of wood that you sling around your neck. And I, I had trouble coming up with my burdens because I had just been like saved. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally like, I don't even know. I guess I, so I like wrote down lone wolf mentality and everyone's walking around with pornography written across theirs. And I, I, had, I had stopped all of that. Like I haven't seen porn since. I, you know, I used to watch porn and just you know has a i mentioned when i was talking to you i was addicted to dopamine yeah, t- yeah tell you know tell like i needed that. to Ex- explain that yeah. to our audience what does that mean yeah. well when you have an orgasm you get a hit of dopamine right so people who are addicted to getting off and watching porn they're getting unrealistic amounts of dopamine hits to their brain and when you are addicted to masturbating and sex and pornography and nicotine and whatever other things, you know, you're addicted to, you get waves of high doses of dopamine, more than you would get in any other situation, like sex with your wife. So you watch porn and you're masturbating, you're getting like really, really high doses of dopamine. And then when it comes time for you to have a real intimacy with your partner, the, the dopamine levels don't hit like they did in your fantasy porn world mm-hmm. in your head. So, so what happens is you need that dopamine like a drug to keep you stable, but it also makes you like tired and fatigued and it alters the physiology of your brain. And you can never feel like happy in regular situations because you, you're always below your base level. Yeah. Yes. Does that make sense? So I needed it like three, four times a day. Okay. Mm. And I, like, I couldn't work sometimes unless I, I t- you know, took care of that one way or the other. <laughs> Trying to keep a Christian yeah. clean here. And uh, when I was saved, dude, everything mm. stopped. And what's so crazy about this is that you have, most people would have a dopamine withdrawal and have to have some sort of like thing to help them quit their addiction. I change so dramatically that I don't, I see it as repulsive almost. Like, like self-gratification and the kind of porno style sex I, I needed to have. Like it was crazy, right? So 
I see that all now, like my body doesn't want it. Like I don't want it. So I just stopped. I, everything just stopped from the nicotine to self-gratification and all of that. It just stopped completely. And then my wife is like, I need to like, as, as we start, you know, like a month in or something of me getting saved, she's like, this is crazy. Cause it's like, I'm with a completely different person. Like I, we, the way we're intimate together, everything has changed. Right. So she's trying to figure out like, what do we do now? Well, well let me ask you a question. If this is too personal, you cannot answer it. Is she saved too? She was saved about two weeks cool. ago. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. 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 So even my therapist was like, the way you're processing emotions is completely wow. changed. So she, she's kind of like draw, jaw to the floor when, when, cause she's been working with me and my wife for three years. Oh, wow. And she's, she, she's trying to just, she's like, this is so crazy. I, I'm pretty sure she's going to become a believer at some point. <laughs> she, she hasn't seen anything like this, you know, and I even talking to her cause she's not a believer. I'm, I'm like, how do I explain this to you? You know, and she's, she's awesome, but she's really like taken back by the change. Cause she's really like, I, I'm just so, I've never seen a shift like this and I'm so blessed. And so I feel so lucky in a way, like I've been through so much, man. And I've never had anything do the work for yeah. me because it really feels like that's yeah. what happened to me. And there was a the viral clip I found later of a guy going, he's in an interview and somebody goes, how do you know Jesus is, is real? And he goes, because he proved it to me. And he goes, how? And he goes, well, he changed me. Nobody, nobody else could do that. Nothing else could do that. He, can, he could have done tricks and moved mountains and all this stuff, but nobody could convince me of anything unless, you know, they changed me. And that's exactly how I feel. And, and, and then I go to this event and I'm like, this is really crazy. And they're like, oh yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. You were sanctified, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> this is normal for you guys. So I didn't know, like I'm entering this new world now with Christianity yeah. and finding out it's really supernatural. You know, I'm listening to Billy Graham and he's talking about what I experienced in it. And it's been so validating because I couldn't have planned this based on knowledge, pre, you know, knowledge before right, it happened. Right. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like it couldn't have been orchestrated by me and I'm convincing myself it happened. My, I, I'm convinced that if you took a scan of my brain now, it would look different because of the adjustments that have happened due to the dopamine addiction and everything. Because that causes physiological changes oh, yeah. Yeah. in your yeah. brain structure. Dr. Daniel Amen. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He did, he's done a lot. A lot yep. of, yeah. I know who he is. About that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's a Christian, by the way. Yeah. So I got saved and, and uh, oh, that's, yep. that's cool. So yeah, I wish I had a before and after getting saved brain scan, <laughs> you know, like that would be so, so cool to have just, is just like evidential, you know, evidence of stuff well, for the people to this. see. Okay. Are there any practices that you've learned that have helped you continue on this journey? Yes. I found Derek Prince. Yeah. I found Derek Prince and he is actually Pentecostal, yeah. I think. Uh, and he, he teaches declarations and proclamations. And um, I can tell you, so a couple of things I didn't tell you is that the day after I was saved, my doctor and I connected and he got me the antibiotics that I've been trying to get for seven months. Hmm. And I feel like God was like, oh yeah, I'll just make that happen for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Like that, like, so they showed up and within three days of being saved, my life was back. Wow. So I went from, I couldn't eat food because I was also like doing carnivore, trying to like figure out how to heal myself. Nothing would work, man. So I was eating only steak every day. Um, cause I couldn't process anything. I was, and I had an ulcer too. I was, I was crapping out blood and I was in the hospitals. This is not the time I was talking about before. This is, it came back with a vengeance in my stomach. And I was in the hospital in Vegas because I had all these issues. So I get saved. And then within three days, my, my health comes roaring back, man. I just needed these antibiotics that I couldn't get for seven months. And uh, they show up the day after I got saved. And what I said to God was, is if you get me through this, I'll serve you. And so, like, you know, like I'm, I'm an atheist could say, yo, the doctor gave it no. to you, not God. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences anymore, <laughs> Kevin. There's just no way, you know? Yeah. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, man, it's been, it's been wild. And the proclamations and stuff have really helped. So there was a time when I, I in the morning, I had this crazy takeover of anxiety. Um, and it was very physical. And I stood up and I did proclamation that I've been delivered by the blood of Jesus out of Satan's hands. And I, I, you know, he redeemed me and I did it twice. And it felt like, uh, like God just came down and took it, took it away. And I was like, it was gone. And, uh, normally if I got hit with that, I would have probably spent the rest of the day in bed. Mm. So I'm doing the proclamations whenever I feel I need to. And I'm praying over my son and my wife. As soon as I got out of that Emerge Men's Conference, dude, I prayed over my wife. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, she was so, this is so awkward for her. And, and I had all this authority in me because I've just been trained to do it at this event. And I was just like, talent, saying how amazing she is and God, you know, like protect her and, and lead her to you, touch her heart. And show her how, what a powerful woman she can be and, and how she can serve you in this world. And, and she was raised a Catholic. She has 10 brothers and sisters in, her, in a military Catholic family. So her history is with Catholicism and it was very full of shaming. And she yep. has this, you know, this re really, yeah, tons yep. of guilt yep. around, around the whole thing. So I come barging in thing in elevation worship and praying over her it's like this is this is uh gonna take some adjusting to and uh, now she's she's praying with me every day you know what, what? yep it's yeah, great she's a lot she's gonna have to unlearn a lot i'm sorry Lindsay. go ahead i was just gonna ask him what's next where do you see yourself in the next few years yeah i don't know you know i i'm asking god to show me like just be as clear as you can like tell me what you want me to do because i'm in, i'm there you know, I heard, I heard God tell me that at the event too. He said, I'm going to ask you to do things out of your comfort zone. And I was like, just point. And I'm there. I don't care what it is. You know, like I had all these limitations in my life that came barreling down. Now that I feel like I'm supported by God, I, he's got my back. I can do Absolutely. anything with him. Yeah. So the fear is, is all gone too, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, as, as far as how I can serve God in my life. I don't know what that looks like yet other than just what I'm doing every day now. And my closest friend out here is a pastor for Calvary church. Yeah. And I go to their church and it's great. And he's, he's amazing. 
And I've known him for three years. So he knew me way before I was saved, you know, and, uh, but I don't know, I don't know where it's headed. Uh, I, uh, well, I'm let me tell you though. this. Okay. All right. This is my two cents, you know, two, two cents is worth about two cents and you can spend it wherever you can find, but you're a pioneer, Kevin. I mean, it's obvious because you've been entrepreneurial for most of your life. You are a pioneer, and I'm not saying I thus saith the Lord, or I'm not speaking prophetically, but maybe I am. But, you know, God is going to use you on the edge, on the fringe, to pave new pathways. And he's given you that pioneer apostolic sort of spirit to go places where nobody else has gone. And that's what I see in your life. And that's why when you first friended me, and and then, uh, you know, I know Tim really well, and and so I was like, man, this dude, there's something about him. I can't stay away from him, man. It's like, uh, he, he reminds me of like me, like 30 years ago. And, and so it's just, All right it's just like, um, yeah, I used to joke with people when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit or fire or whatever. I said, they should have locked me in a closet, man. Cause I was crazy for Jesus. It, it, yeah. Uh, I had to learn. I had to learn the difference between being anointed and annoying. Yeah. And I don't want to get caught up too much in like being what I've always saw, like I can see like I start getting intense <laughs> and like this Jesus is the only way. And like, there's a, there's a softness that I need to cling to because I don't want to be the, the Christian that everybody is annoyed by who shoves Jesus down your throat, you know, but I do feel, I do feel pulled towards, you know, helping the people who are confused in the new age yeah. stuff with uh, the God is the universe and all of this stuff, you know, it's very, um, it's just gray area that people hang in. And I had an experience recently with somebody who came to awaken with me and he's dating my wife's sister. And he was uh, trying to tell me that he's been experimenting with the idea that God is a woman. And, uh, and I'm like, huh, that's, that's, yeah. I said, I, I, I did too when I was on ayahuasca, you know, but I've learned. <laughs> own Christian now, like born again. And so it started off really soft with him saying stuff like he's into Buddhism and he'd love to talk about Buddhism. I don't want to talk about Buddhism anymore. But he's like, I want to have these fun discussions with you. And by the end of the event, the uh, uh, service, he was one inch from my face trying to correct me every time I said he, when I was referring to God, he'd correct me and say she, and he's trying to get me to say it. And, and, and he said, and then he misquoted Jesus saying that we're all one, right? So these people in the new agey areas, there's all kinds of distorted scripture about Jesus practicing Eastern religion and stuff. And, and it's so not true. And it's amazing how people can dabble in all of this stuff, but avoid the Bible. And I really think that's because the enemy is trying to keep people from knowing the truth. Well, yeah, I heard a quote recently that the world's done a good job of lying and we've done a bad job of telling the truth. Yeah, sure. Well, I, he, he was like, I can't wait to talk to you more about this. And I was just like, I have no interest in talking to you about how God, how you think God is a woman. You know, you were correcting me. You're in a Christian church. He called us a cult. He thinks that if you say that there's only one way, you know, which is Jesus, that you're a cult. And, uh, Meanwhile, he's like, God's this, God's that. And he doesn't, he can't define really what God is. And the more I learn about God through the Bible, the more I'm like, man, I love the Lord. I love the Lord, especially Old Testament Lord. (laughs) 
it was it sounds like he's gotten a hold of the woke Jesus is what I call it. So, you know, they're they're actually seminary professors, Kevin, in some seminaries, yeah. which seminaries are good seminaries are hard to find. I'm seminary trained and and all it did was teach the Jesus what out of seminary? me. And it, and it was a good seminary. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's like where you go a seminary, it's like school you go to to learn how to basically to learn how to preach. Yeah. So now he's a dude who's into like Kundalini and yoga and like just Eastern y, Western y. Yeah, yeah. This feels good. That feels yeah. good. So I'm going to say God's this, this, because I put my own puzzle pieces together to say what God is. You know, that's really what I'm seeing. It's like God, yeah, God yeah. wouldn't say this because that doesn't feel right. I'm a good person. So, I, you right. know, I think God's going to be cool with me because I've led a good life. And I think God says that we should sleep with whoever we want. I don't think God said that, you know, we should be married and live in that. I think that's old school. Like that's, there's, that's how they think. And that's how I used to think, you know, because I was on the left. Well, they don't understand that how the spiritual world really works. They, they understand the spiritual world and they engage in it, but they don't understand how the sowing and reaping and the spiritual world really works. Yeah. And when you sow seed, whether it's whether it's sexual seed and sperm, or whether it's word seed or whatever kind of seed you spread, it will give you harvest. Yeah, and and so anyway, yeah, and that's dude, why God I, doesn't want us to do when it. When I when I read, I opened up the Bible the day I was saved, and it said their throats are like open tombs. I was like, wow, you know, like this is how I've been living my life. This is how they live their life. They're preachers of emptiness and death. There's nothing coming out of their mouths. That is of God. It is it is all empty, soulless preaching by these people. Yeah, yeah. They're on stage talking about the universe, and then they're they're just writing their own laws and rules as they go. You know, I know some of these people who are like transformational speakers, and they teach meditations on empathy and they, they sleep with all their students and they're just like really yeah. dark souls, you know, lost souls, really dark energy, but they have this face that they're the guru, you know, and they suck yeah. vulnerable people in and yeah. they, they seem like they have answers, but they're so misled. They're so well, misled. That's how Crowley was. Crowley was an absolute I mean, he was, he was the beast. I mean, and everything he did, we had an episode about, we did an episode about him with a, a guy who researched him and, and the West Memphis three too. And, and so Crowley was just a beast of a person, yeah. you know, and, but yet everybody esteemed him as this great, yeah, still does. Guru, yeah. yeah. But, then, yeah. but then you look at people so, like James Ray, there's also like Chogyam Trungpa, right? I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a, He's a, so I was, when I was a Buddhist, I was really big into him. He wrote a book called Spiritual Materialism and he came to America in the sixties and he brought his Tibetan. Yeah. He brought Tibetan movement into America and then he re, he left the monk ship where Tibet Lama stuff, but he was sleeping with all of the students, you know, and he was in trouble for that. There's all these scandals around all these people who think that they're, and it happens in churches too. Like it's nobody's, nobody's immune from this. But there's this fall from grace that's waiting to happen because they are not serving God. They're not serving Jesus. They think that they have the power and they, bec- they start getting all this pride built off of, look at how I can transform anybody. Like the one I was closest yep. to, he was a very big speaker. 
And I've seen, you know, I knew him very well. And he'd call himself God when he was off stage. And he'd brag about sleeping with them. And he'd be on stage, you know, like this, like he's some spiritual, you know, guru who's, who's here to help all these middle-aged, vulnerable women who have just gotten out of terrifying situations. And they're looking for answers. And they're looking for guidance. And there's this charismatic guy. And then off stage, he's manipulating them all. Yeah. You know, so I yeah. saw that firsthand a lot. And uh, it was really gross. And it, and I, I just, yeah. So I feel like I, there, I could say a lot about those kinds of people. And I think God is kind of like setting me up for that in some ways. But at the same time, I have to do it compassionately and, and um, cling to Jesus and not this angry energy that's, that sort of wants to be like, no, there's only one way. And it's Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, but, I got to find that yeah, balance. Yeah. And, and I think that comes with keeping your eyes on Jesus. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me lay in this plane, Kevin. What I'd like for you to do, if you would, I'm going to let you pray for Lindsay and I and for our podcast and, and just for, our, you know, whatever you feel led by the Spirit, and we'll wrap this up. Oh, sure. Can you do that for us? Yeah, I can do that. Now, just, I'm new, so give me, give me some. No, we're good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We are so grateful for uh, bringing us all together and your spirit, Brandon, Lindsay, Sandy, and myself, where we can be together to talk and share about you, God, and your word and spread this message to everybody who's listening and hopefully reach some people who are seeking and maybe uh, don't even know if they're seeking. Maybe they can stumble across this and it, it opens up something for them. And, and shows them that there is strength and uh, glory in you, God, and that uh, they don't have to be alone, that we can't do this alone. And uh, when you are with us, we feel so empowered, Lord. And I'm so grateful that I personally got to come on the show and share my message of what happened to me, uh, but it's all because of you, God. It's all because of you. So. I feel blessed to be here and thank you for bringing us all together and let's get this show out so people can hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thanks, Kevin, so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.